Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a very special episode of The Open Couch. Today we're going to be discussing what it's like to work for the Big Bad Mouse. Yes, we are going to be talking about Disney, how it's like, what it's like to work there, as well as some pretty interesting stories some cast members have to tell. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. So I'm here with Emilio. Hi. <laughs> There you go, this time he said it, and Davis. Hey. And they have both worked for Disney uh, for a certain amount of time. Uh, Emilio, how long were you at Disney for? I was there for seven years, 2010 to 2017. And Davis? Uh, I was there a little over four years, January 2014 to March 2018. 2018, all right, all right. And what what park did you guys work at? Or what part of Disney did you guys work at? So we were both retail for California Adventure. Okay. Yeah, and that was a lot of fun. Um, we kind of both moved around to different complexes. Like I started Paradise Pier. Okay. I started, and that's, that's where I was for a few months. That was my home before they started moving me around. Yeah. What what he means by like home is that when you, the park is divided into, for you guys as guests, it's divided into different lands, right? Like, you know, all the different lands, Fantasyland, whatever, California Adventure, Hollywood, Cars Land, Paradise Pier, et cetera. But for us cast members, it's divided into um, complexes. So each complex is composed of X amount of lands. Yeah. Depending, and it's not by like theme or anything, it's by size of the land. So like right now, or at least when we left, um, Buena Vista Street and California Adventure, that's one complex. Just Buena Vista Street. Well, with, do they have Grizzly when you left? When I, I think so, yeah, yeah. Oh, so Buena yeah. Vista Street and Grizzly Peak. So it's like it's literally just Buena Vista, and then Soaring Over California and Russian River. Okay, I'm just gonna assume you guys, like you and all your listeners, are just familiar enough with the parks. Okay, I don't have to go through all the like the newbie stuff. <laughs> and then um, Hollywood Land and Cars Land, and I guess when it opens up Marvel Land, yeah, will all be one complex. Oh, that's right. They're getting rid of. Um... Bugs land, right? Yeah. yeah. Bugs was like a shitty complex. Yeah, it, land. It, didn't even, it didn't even have stores, so like it never it didn't it, even matter to us. It was just yeah, it was just useless. Yeah. And then wow. Paradise Pier and the Wharf. So you know you know Paradise Pier with the roller coaster side? Yes. The, the uh, Incredible coaster, right? Yeah. The yeah. side with the um, roller coaster is one land and the side with aerials is another is a smaller land. They call it um wharf's wharf side and pier side. Yeah. So that was that's all one complex. Uh, when I started, the numbers weren't big enough as far as income wise was concerned. So they only really had um, Hollywood and um, greetings area, the old Sunshine Plaza, and Paradise Pier was all one complex. So or it was all two complexes. And then as of right now, there's three. So when Davis said that his, he started on Paradise Pier, when you hire in, you only get your all your shifts for the first few months are only in one complex. Yeah. Right, so you would only get the costumes for that one complex. Like you probably just had Hearside and the Wharf, right? The two, the and two. Uh, Grizzly. And Grizzly, yeah, Grizzly was part of it yeah. at that time. Yeah, and whereas um, when I started, it was only I basically only worked in Greetings, which is the old Sunshine Plaza. You know, remember where the big letters were, and they had that Golden Gate Bridge when you come in. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's um, that was my complex. So I only really had that one costume when I started, and then after those four months, um you can get scheduled anywhere in the park. Oh, okay. So yeah. you're not just, say, assigned to one area to work in. Since you both said you worked retail, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so you weren't assigned to a specific store. You were moved around to wherever. So My, my situation was a little different. Um, when I started, I was in the college program. 
-hmm. And since I started on um, uh, Paradise Pier, I was I was just Paradise Pier for my seven month tenure with the college program um, because they had us in an apartment. They put us in like a dorm and I, I roomed with like four or five different guys. And there was, I think I had to pay, I think it was like 150 a week or 140 a week. Oh, um, so yeah. And so since new people starting out in that department usually get like 10 hours a week total, they bumped us up to three years seniority. So with the three year seniority, I got, I basically got to go wherever I wanted. And so I just decided to stay on the pier and Grizzly Peak and I worked that for the first seven months. And then when the seven months ended, um, when the college program ended, I decided to stay on. And that three year seniority went away and I basically started at ground zero. So that was when they put me oh, in. Wow. So I, I went to um, BVS, I went to Cars Land, Hollywood Land, wherever. But for the first first seven months, I was just Paradise Pier. Dang. So that what? Was, yeah. Go ahead, sorry. No, no, you're good. Uh, what was the um, the college program? Um, how do I explain it? <laughs> um, basically, you you work for Disney for college credit. Um, I was I was uh, majoring in journalism at the time, so I was um, I basically worked there and I took classes with the college program, and it was Disney inspired classes. So I got to learn one class I did like the history of Disney, and then another one I. I don't remember the other ones I did. Like I did a networking class. All those counted for college credit. And also I got to network while working in the park. And that's, that's how they, that's how they market it. You know, you can work in the park, you can take classes from Disney and yeah, that's, that's basically what I did. Yeah. I didn't do the college program. I did the normal way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for those of us that didn't do the college program, to us, it seemed like people were just coming in with no experience and having three years seniority. And that matters because when they dish out the hours to work, um, <laughs> they do it by seniority first. So if you've been yeah. there for five years, like let's say like you requested to have um, to work Monday to Friday from eight a.m. to like four p.m. or whatever. Yeah. Right. And someone and someone else requested it. Right. They give it to whoever has been there longer. So if you've been there for six months and someone else and you request a certain shift um, preference and someone else um, requests the same shift preference, but they've been there for four years, then the person with four years gets it. So the, not that I like hated these people, but like, um, <laughs> we took a lot of people who had been there for like a year or two years. We took a lot of their shifts yeah, because we had that three year jump seniority, but we had to do it because we had to pay the apartment, mm -hmm. you know, and then it was, it was crazy because while I was in the, while I was in the program, I got into a car wreck and I didn't work for like a week and I was behind big time. Even with that, that three year seniority, I got all the hours. I was still behind. So we were, that's how fragile our, our payments were to the college program. Yeah. Wow. Cause at 150 a week, I remember when I was at, at Disney, I would, I would be making only like 220 a week. Yeah. Like yeah, before I was um, full-time at least. Yeah. But even then it wasn't that, it wasn't that much more. So if you're paying 150 a week, then that doesn't leave you much for like just for food and everything. It was, I, I lived off of top ramen. Yeah. That's the college life right there. You know it. But yeah. Like the, the college program, like as far as like those of us that weren't in it, we're going to turn a lot of people didn't like it because you saw these people as like taking a lot of hours away. But like me personally, I thought like it was whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, like college program kids were 
usually harder workers, like especially when I was a lead, I definitely know because like I'm more excited about the job because yeah. if I get a college program kid that's been there that just started with three years seniority that means they're going to get eight hour days and they're going to work harder than the the guys that have three years seniority anyway because the guys with three years seniority anyway are pretty jaded yeah there's a different mindset yeah it's like I got when like me as when I was a lead there if I got college program kids I basically got um like the energy and enthusiasm of like a new hire for a bigger part of the day uh, of like a tenured cast member. So like I remember were, that enthusiasm. Yeah. So w- what were the um well the 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 college new hires and the the regular new hires were they all like huge Disney fans like rarely the the college ones were oh because they wanted to be there they yeah, really they, they really tried to yeah to be I, part of it when I started I was a huge Disneyland fan. Um, not really like, I mean, I like Disney and everything, but I wasn't like obsessed with it, but I really liked the parks and that's why I worked there. Cause I wanted to go to the parks for free because I never lived in Southern California. And I was like, well, damn, I'm gonna get this opportunity to go whenever I want. That's, that's what enticed me to do it. Okay. What, what enticed you to join, uh, Dis- the Disney crew, Emilio? Oh, well, I was in applying to jobs in, um, in college. I started in 2010 so I was, I, I got a pass in 2009 when I started college because I went to Cal State Fullerton, which is like really close. That's like a 15 minute drive. Yeah. So after the first year of me in college, I was like, I should get a job so I can pay for the pass. Right. So I was just applying to jobs and Disney is one of the ones I applied for. And then they got back to me and I was like, all right, yeah, this is, this would look like it'd be a really good college job. It's close by my school. It's got, um, Decent hours, reputable company, etc. Right. So it's not like I specifically sought out Disney, and I was I wasn't like checking my email every day to get that email for an interview. <laughs> I wasn't like an- eagerly anticipating it. It kind of just it was one of the places I applied to, and I I kind of rolled up in there. Yeah. Gotcha. And okay. I basically moved to the next step of the hiring process, and yeah. nothing stopped me. So. Okay. So, when when you started, what was what was a typical day like for you? And, and and either of you? Um, I guess I'll, I think you, you should go first because I have like a lot of different answers to this. Do you, so a typical day at Disney when we first started, um, like after the training and everything, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Or or no, actually no. Let's talk about the training. How how good is the training for you guys? We're both trainers. Right? Yeah, we were both trainers, so it's uh, it's an interesting. Okay, question. so I'm actually a big fan of how Disney does their training program. Okay. Because it it, it it really like. It makes it hard for like, like the the threshold to pass is like really low. Yeah. Because like they really they really try their hardest to make it retard proof. Like the world, <laughs> the world makes a lot of like retards, but <laughs> it's it's really seldom that like someone would like fail the training. Yeah. But um, I did though. I, I failed one person. Though. Did you really? I did. I know. <laughs> I luckily never had someone that I had to. I felt like I should. I could fail. But um, so basically the way it works is. After you get hired, after your interview and everything, they have you come back for like an orientation right. or like your first like Disney class. You learn the history of the company. You learn a lot of safety procedures. Basically all the stuff that um, they tell you, like, so they can say they, they told you. Like we have record that we told you that this sign means fire hazard. It's to cover their ass. Yeah. We have record, they, like all like your sexual harassment trainings, all that shit. Yeah. It's done all in like the first day. 
Yeah, that's true. All right, get it out of the way. Before you're even in costume, you show up for business casual, there's a facilitator who talks to you about this stuff. Yeah. And then at the end of that day, actually, you go get your costume. Yeah. Right? And that's when the cast members meet their trainer. Yeah. So basically, or not even like their specific trainer, but just a, just train, a, trainer, a trainer in right? their complex. Because like you'll finish the class and outside you'll be... Um, you meet a trainer. You, uh, every trainer has like their roll call list. Like, hey, I have I'm assigned these five people. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Because at that point, you're you're scheduled. You're on the job training like the following week for three days. It's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday thing mm-hmm. for your for your training. And in during that training time, um, it, you're on you're specific at a specific location. So you need to get the outfit for that location. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like, for instance, when I would do this step, I'd get my my five names as a trainer, and I'd be like, hey, I need these people come with me, and then. I have the list of where their where their training is at. Like mm-hmm. what? Some of sometimes they'll be on the pier. Sometimes they'll be in Hollywood. Sometimes they'll be oh not Hollywood, but um, sometimes they'll be in Cars Land or whatever. Yeah, yeah. and then like depending on which complex they were assigned to, we, I would go take them to costuming and we get them the costume. Yeah, right. And then is there to- a specific location where they start most of the trainees, or do is it just widespread? If you're in DCA stores, you're either going to start in Paradise Pier or Buena Vista Street. Yeah. Those are one of two options. Um, once you're there, after the probationary period, then they'll move you to Cars Land. Um, and then once you get trained in special, because you can get trained for special things like Image, where they'd have you over a tower. Um, collectibles, they'd have you over off the page. And once you get those, you're mainly in Hollywood. Yeah. So it's, you gradually build up. But yeah, basically when you start, you, you, like we said earlier, you're assigned a complex. Yeah. Right. And that's usually where your first shifts are going to be. So that's the outfit that you need that day. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the, the shitty thing is like, you'll make a lot of friends in that class. Right. Because like you're with each other, everyone's like excited to be there. You know, it's cool. And then you'll like, um, you'll meet someone and then they're assigned to Paradise Pier and you're assigned to like Buena Vista Street. Yeah. And then like, you won't you see, them. see them. You, yeah. you will never see them again because you're not working the same complex. Yeah. different complexes, and then we'll like you'll meet other people, and eventually, sometimes you might and be like, "Oh shit, that's right, we did have that day." Yeah. But like for the most part, um, you won't see him for like you won't see months. him for a while, yeah. and a lot of times people leave before that too. So you just never, you, you just, just never, never you just never know. Yeah. But a lot of times people will exchange like like cell phone numbers or like personal information that was or like Facebook so that they can sh- trade shifts, etc. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's uh, it sounds like the scheduling is kind of flexible once you have a an assigned shift. Yeah, like, yeah. kind of. I mean, yeah. like, it really, they're, like, flexible in a way as... Um, they're flexible if you can... I don't know how to explain it. Like, it's well, Let me put it this way. Uh, I don't work at Disney. I work at a retail store. And the way that they have our um, shifts change or, or to show how flexible they are... Um, on our little um, website, we can advertise our shift to have somebody pick it up and we're not liable for that shift. We can trade the shift with somebody or um, we can just flat out call out and not show up. And of course we'll, we'll be dinged for that, but that that's it. So like you, you have that flexibility um, at my store. Is that something similar that you guys have or it's like the same almost. Yeah. Exactly what you said. Like you can't, like there's no official place to like post your shift. Like technically there is, but no one ever used it. So like it didn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. They, they all, someone created a Facebook group because it was an, it was, was actually my access. generation. Those are like that the group Jackie. I hired in. Yeah. 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 I remember, I remember when Jackie did it, we were all talking like we should have a fucking Facebook group. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. right. So that was, that was, you know, easier access. So people would use that. 
Um, there was an official trading group thing, like Emilio said, on the Disney site, on the right Disney, here. like, you know, cast member website, but, you know, it, the website was too difficult to use. Nobody ever used it. It was like one of the most like user anti-intuitive. It was crazy, dude. It was out. crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like, um, basically that, that's how training would go. And then you go to your first day and you'd be, you'd, everyone would meet at the same place. It's called a Harbor Point. It's yeah. basically a, like the hub. Costuming's there, scheduling's there, security's there. Security's there, there yeah. for some reason. Like you Partners. have to scan to get in. Yeah. Yeah. There's a Starbucks there and everything. Mm -hmm. And you'd go back there and you'd meet your trainer. Your tra um, and you. And this is why I'm a big fan of the training program there, because it's three days and it's two trainees for every one trainer. So when you're a trainer, you can really give all your attention to just two people. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I do like that part. I, yeah. I had a lot of fun doing that. Yeah. Especially since like you're you and the other trainees like actually most like ninety percent of the time you guys would get along. Yeah, right? yeah I never. Yeah. I don't think I only had one where the two didn't get along. Yeah, and they uh, didn't get along. How? Uh, well, they started in training together, and they went through the whole process. You know, orientation, costuming, and then they got paired up together. And I don't. I don't know what it was. I don't remember exactly. Like. One, I don't want to name names. One was being kind of, kind of clingy to the other one. She tried to like go and pick her up before training every day. And the other one was like, uh, no, I like, don't even know you hardly. And the other <laughs> one took it offensively. And I was like, dude, like, what are we supposed to do? And it was crazy. That was my first training experience on my own. It was well, that was first, the first one. That was the, the very group. first one. And I was like, oh, thanks. And then it was weird. Then the other one just stopped showing up. And we don't know what happened. The last thing we knew, she like moved to Hawaii like a week later it was super weird weirdest situation wait so they were both females they were both female yeah that okay yeah, that is a, uh, i don't I know guess, regardless like i wouldn't want someone picking me up like from work i'm like dude i don't know you yeah and that's true like what if i want to go home after that's like what it. if you want to go somewhere like uh, yeah so i i agree yeah i would have felt super weird like no you're not picking me up i'm going home dude <laughs> you know, I mean, when I you put it that way Okay, you don't have yeah. to do that. Much. It's not like we're getting, we're paying for parking. Yeah, like you're doing too much. <laughs> there. So, yeah, just for that first weekend, like it was, it was pretty well structured. Like you do, I don't want to go into too much detail about it because it's not like super exciting. But like, you go, you take a tour of the parks. You get to work behind the register for a little bit. We teach you how to. Like, what else did you cover? Guest service. Oh, uh, I guess yeah. I did a tour of the park, and I basically I don't know. Uh, yeah. yeah the fun part like as trainers is that you got to just kind of do what do what you felt was right yeah you like, got a pass to do whatever you wanted because yeah, they didn't really have someone checking up on us yeah you know, no like, it was great like we knew that we were going to be in that store and then like as a regular cast member when trainees came in that was the coolest shit because you didn't have to do anything yeah that's yeah. <laughs> yeah everyone's like okay sounds good i'm yeah. off the register <laughs> yeah that was great not bad not bad yeah. so when when you gave the trainees the tour of the park, uh, did you walk them through the park, or were you guys lucky enough to have like a golf cart? And was this during park hours or before park hours? It was it was during during, during. we walked them. Okay. And the the cool thing is that that's when you get to that's your first real like experience like learning all the backstage routes. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, because um, at least for me, like I always took my kids the the back way when I could because i wanted them to like because it's it doesn't like when you're in the park like as a guest like you can visually see a lot of where you're going mm -hmm. but backstage it's really it doesn't look like that at all 
Like you kind of have to know where you're headed. You have to, yeah. To like, and it's also really hard to gauge how, how long it takes to get somewhere. And I see that it sounds like it takes longer, but what I'm saying is that it can go by really quick if you know where to get there. Like if you, like, or you know Disneyland, right? Yeah. And you go to Main Street, it might take you like 15 minutes to walk to Space Mountain, right? Uh-huh. So backstage, you can do that in like three minutes if yeah. you took your time. Wow. Like it's really, they're really close to each other. It is, yeah. Like especially backstage. So like knowing your way around that is really easy and they don't really make a lot of maps for it. So like in the tour, that's one of the, like the biggest priorities is just to like get, let your trainees know like what the backstage routes are. I always hit on it because my trainer didn't show me the backstage routes and I had difficulty once I left the pier because the pier, there's a, there is actually a tram backstage. Oh, I forgot that. Will, that. Yeah. It'll, it'll pick you up. Um, what's that drop off area? I don't remember what the drop off area was called, but when you park, when you, when you go to work, you park in a, in an area, like a parking lot or whatever. And then a shuttle comes to pick you up and they take you to this like drop off point and they drop you off. And from there you just go wherever you need to go. Um, if you were on the pier, however, since it was such a long walk, they had a uh, tram that would take you all the way back. And since, like I said, I had the three-year seniority when I first started, I was always on the pier, so I just took the tram every single day. Once that was over, I didn't know where everything else was, so I had to, like, teach myself the backstage. So I always, like, taught my trainees. So because you had your three, the three-year seniority, you were always at the pier. And then once that was over, you didn't need – well, because of – where you were stationed you didn't need to know how to get around to the rest of the park because you were always at the pier right exactly and also since the college program was only seven months and i'm not from down here originally my whole plan was okay once this is over i'm just going to go back to sacramento so i just didn't bother learning anything and then once i decided to stay i was like well shit it would have been better if i learned this this and this (laughs) but you know that's okay and i eventually learned it fair all right well Davis, uh, question for you. Um, you guys mentioned uh, costumes. Yeah. That's the, the uniform, I'm assuming, for the specific area. Um, do you get one costume total, or do you guys get, like, a set? Um, you can check out a maximum of three costumes. So three shirts, three pairs of pants, three bow ties, whatever, three suspenders, whatever you need. You can get three each. Um, I always went over the limit. And the thing is, if you go over the limit, most of the time they would let you go. Um, but if, if you had like five or six costumes checked out, um, they would tell you once, you once you go through costuming because they have to physically scan it for you. And the person scanning it would be like, okay, you have six out. You need to return this before this date or you need to return this as soon as possible. Um, but yeah, at the time it was, you know, legally or whatever, they would only allow you to have three. Three. Okay. So then were these costumes like new or were, was somebody else already in them? Most of the time, 95% of the time they were not new. And you could tell the new ones because they were like stiff. I don't know how to like explain that, but the costumes were like really stiff. But um, a lot of the times, you know, you'd pick up a shirt and there'd be like a hole in it. The pants, oh my god, dude. A lot of the pants for men, especially working on Paradise Pier, if you sat down and like stretch your legs too far open, it would fucking rip right in the middle. And oh, I was like, geez. another pair, dude. And, you know, you had to deal with stuff like that all the time. 
but you know they and a lot of people actually there was there was a few people that i met who had allergic reactions to the costumes um i don't know what it was i remember one guy he was freaking out he was like davis davis and like he showed me his arm and there was just this rash all over his apparently it was from whatever soap they use or whatever they use to clean the costumes so there were issues with everything of course so you were in charge of uh, obviously you were in charge of washing the, the, the costumes or did you drop them off and have Disney wash them? You're supposed to drop them off. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're not supposed to wash them yourself. Um, there are some people who get a special issue of costumes. So like I'm like a 32, 32 or whatever for my pants size. Some people have um, a waist and a length that don't match up to what Disney already has. So you have to get special issued. Once you get special issued, for the most part, you just keep that for your entire time. So that's the only time they'll allow you to like keep it and never turn it in. You get what I mean? Yeah. So like the, I don't want to say the odd sizes, but like the unusual ones, the the rare sizes. The rare sizes. Yeah, you'd have to get a special issued. Okay. Uh, so it, it sounds like uh, there are some. Well, I would assume there's some lockers at yeah. Disney where you guys change or do you show up to work in your little costume? Um, you can do either one. I switched off. I'd, I had done both. Um, but once you check out a costume, so a, a lot of the times, sometimes they would need you to like switch locations. So say I was going to be working at Treasures and I show up and they say, you know, sorry, we're going to have you at off the page, which is a totally different costume. Treasures is in Paradise Pier, off the page is in Hollywood Land. Um, they would send you back to costuming and you could change there. Um, that was the only time I ever changed on site was when I got a new costume that I needed to wear like that day. Does that make gotcha. sense? Yeah. All right. So then um, let's diving deeper into your, um, your job, I guess. Um, what were the duties you had to do on a day by day basis? Not, not including training, but just what were you supposed to do? What were you in charge of? Just like when, like a cast member who just starts out, like what what are they in charge of essentially? Uh, sure. Um, you, you for the most part, you have to guest service in whatever store you're in. If you're not guest servicing, that means you're on the register, uh, ringing people up. A lot of the times, it depends on what store you have. Some stores are just slow AF. Others are really busy. So, um, but your, your main duties include guest servicing and, um, register and that's, and also like folding, folding and hanging stuff up, go backs, um, making sure everything like looks neat because there's a certain image that they want to keep. So you have to make sure the image is upkept. Okay. What out of those duties, which one did you, uh, dislike doing the most? Folding dude. (laughs) <laughs> worse dude because i would do it and there would always be someone you're not doing this right and they would show me how to do it and i did it the exact same way that they did it and i and i would show them be like okay you realize you just folded this the same way i did so it, it was just annoying like the folding they were just fold whatever you call them like folding nazis or whatever but gotcha. yeah so my, well, maybe this is just from my experience, but I figured guest guest services would be worse than folding. Oh, like guest service? No, because like, I mean, I can talk to anybody. And okay. especially when I first started, I was just, 
I used to talk nonstop. And so I could just strike up a conversation about anything, literally anything. I'm very observant with people. So I would just, you know, I bring something up all the time. So that wasn't an issue for me. I don't mind talking to people. Okay. Did you ever have to deal with like complaints from customers or anything like that? Or was it tame? No, it was, that was, that was an hourly basis. You got, you got a new complaint or a couple complaints every hour, um, whether it would be about you or a coworker or a price that they don't want to pay or something. A lot of the times, you know, the, if, if something happens with a guest, their, their biggest, like, how, how do I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out a way to word it. If they're mad about something, if someone pisses them off, the first person they're going to go to is someone in a store or someone sweeping up. You get what I mean? So we were kind of the first line of defense, but uh, most of the times we would send them to guest service and like the actual, you know, people wearing the plaid and we would just have them deal with them be like, you know, take them. We don't want them, but we would get a lot of the first, first wave of angry people. Okay. Yeah. What was the, um, well, based on those first responders, I guess, um, yeah. what was one of the worst uh, complaints that you got while working at Disney? <laughs> oh, dude. Um, there was one guy who said he was going to kill me. Because, oh. Well, yeah, because I wouldn't give him a return on a embroidered uh, Mickey hat. <laughs> because we couldn't do return. You can't do returns on, you know, personalized items. That's anywhere. Right. But yeah. He said he was going to kill me. And I said, all right, dude, just go ahead do it. Old man. But you know, <laughs> oh there was, yeah, there was, there was crazy stuff like that. There was one lady who was complaining that she couldn't change her baby's diaper in the middle of the store. There was another lady who got pissed off because she was walking around without her shoes on. And we said, Hey, can you put your shoes on? And it was, you know, I've, I paid thousands of dollars to be here. Why do I have to wear shoes? Like, you want to fucking walk around the streets with no shoes on? Go right ahead. I'm trying to help you, dude. That's <laughs> gross. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was fun, you know. So what do you do when, like, hopefully this never happened to you, but if, if a customer becomes hostile, like the one that threatened to kill you, what, what are you supposed to do? Uh, well, you're supposed. Uh, you're supposed to call your lead. Um, if it, you know, instigates any further, you know, you call the manager or security. Like I say, he was going to kill me. I called security out and the managers. That was, that was an ordeal. Um, but that was, I think that was one of the only times I've ever had to call security on a guest. Okay. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad. Um, when, well, since you were part of the college program, I'm assuming you knew other people that were part of the college program as well before arriving at Disney or even uh, after. Well, yes and no, because I, so the college program just took people from everywhere around the country. Um, I was in Sacramento at the time when I got hired while I was up there. Um, once, once I got, what do you call it? Acceptance into the college program there it was very well known for people who were doing the college program that there are Facebook groups where you can meet other people. So once I got accepted, I, you know, searched, this was October, 2013. I searched it up. Um, we were spring 2014 college program. I entered the group and I met a lot of people. And actually when I was up in Sacramento, um, I had a couple meetups with people who were from Sacramento doing the college program. So yeah, to answer your question, yeah, I did meet 
a few people before going down there. And I also met my roommates on Facebook and we conversed for, you know, however, three months before meeting each other. So I did know some people, but not really on like a personal, personal level. Gotcha. Did any of these people like tell you to stay away from certain positions at the parks? Oh, um, no, because, no, because most of them were starting, were like first timers like I was. So we just were all excited to go. Um, I don't think I had anybody warn me about anything before going. Okay. If, if you were to talk to a new hire or you found out somebody that, you know, applied to Disney and got hired, uh, would you tell them to avoid certain locations or did you only stay in retail? I was only in retail, but I worked every land, every store in California Adventure and also a couple in Disneyland. But I was also, I was only in uh, retail. I wouldn't tell anybody to, to not do a certain position or anything. Um, um, me personally, I wouldn't like to do custodial. That's just me. I don't want to clean the bathrooms and do all that. So I've, I've done that in jobs before and I just, I just don't like doing it. Um, so I guess it's more on a personal level at that point. Okay. Yeah. So earlier you talked about um, getting into the parks for free. Yeah. And we, I feel like the general public kind of knows cast members get free tickets for uh, family, friends. Uh, yeah. Well, close family and friends. Yeah, we do. Is that how you used your cast member tickets? <laughs> I plead the fifth on that one. <laughs> I, I, I respect that. I respect that. <laughs> um, but most of the time I did use it for my mom and my sister and my grandparents when they would come down. Okay. Like, I, I mean, I, I personally don't, don't care how you use them. Yeah, like, yeah. They're yours. Do whatever you want with them. Um, because I, I have heard stories of, uh, you know, cast members selling their entries, uh, just, I, I know a cast member who knows, uh, someone close to me. Uh, well, I know a cat, I know a cast member that knows my mom who is offered to let her go into the park at a discounted rate, yeah. uh, using her, um her cast member ticket. So that is a thing. Yeah, that, that is a thing. There were, I mean, they didn't pay you hardly anything working there. So a lot of people kind of had to do that. Mm. Although it was against policy there, I, I don't want to name any names, but I do know a lot of people that, you know, you had to, if you weren't getting, you know, here you have 16 different sign-ins, you know, that you can use, like, you know, why not? Oh, so you get 16. Is that per calendar year or? Yeah, that's, that's per calendar year. And every time you go, so 16 different days that you can sign in. And on each day, you can get up to three people. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So yeah, so you can do three people a day up to 16 times a year. And you have to be with those three people. You can't just sign them in and say, have a good day and then leave. Technically, yeah, you have, you have to be with them. Um, the policy is that you can only leave them alone if they're like your family. But a lot of the times I would sign people in, like friends or whatever, and I would just be like, you know, go ahead. I'm not, I don't want to stick around with you the whole day, you know? So. Okay. Is, is there, um, well, I don't want to dive too deep into like corporate secrets, but is there a certain thing you have, a certain gate you go through for these sign-ins, or do you just walk into the front? By, you know, through the front door. Just the front, just the main gate. 
you would just, um, they give you like a, like a sign in pass and it has your name on it. Um, they scan that and then, you know, you tell them like, Oh, three people and they'll type in three and three tickets pop out and you just give it to the people that you sign in and you just walk through. Oh, okay. Well, it's pretty simple. Yeah, it is. Uh, so you, you worked both parks, Disney and California adventure. I, I only had two shifts in Disneyland. So I was, I was mainly in California adventure. Okay. During the entire time that you've been there, uh, that you were at the park, what what was the? Well, do you have any like crazy stories that happened? Oh man, cast member wise, uh, guest wise, scares, anything. There was this cast member who used to come in, and her name was it was either Creepy Natalie or Crazy Natalie. I think it was Creepy Natalie, and Creepy Natalie stayed after park hours, hid from security to stalk a certain female cast member who was actually in our department. Yeah, and she got her pass taken away and a few different times. But the rumor was her mom was like a lawyer and she got the pass back each time. I don't know if that's true, but that was the rumor at the time. Um, I do know one time, and I think this was like the end of her going to Disney, she brought her dog. I'm sorry, like, but she brought her dog and stuffed the dog into a locker. Wait, 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 like a service dog or just a dog? I don't, it, it must've been a service dog. Okay, because I, from the times that I've gone, not that I've gone that many, um, I didn't think you were allowed to bring pets unless they were service dogs. Yeah, you can, you can. There, there is like a, like a um, what do you call that? Like a doggy daycare or whatever, where you can like leave dogs who have terrible separation anxiety, but you can bring, you can bring service dogs in from, from what I remember. That's, that's how she got it in. Um, yeah. And she, she stuffed the dog in the locker and the dog passed and it was like, no. oh my God, dude. yeah, she was crazy. Wait. So was this, was this a guest or an employee? Oh, this is a guest. Oh shit. He was, yeah. She was there every day. Everybody like knew her whenever she'd come into the store, you'd be like, okay, there she is. Let's, let's go over here you know, and just kind of like leave her be because oh. it was, it was crazy, dude. You didn't want to interact with her. You didn't want to interact with her. <laughs> so even that's, that's crazy. I thought, well, I mean, D- Disney is, is huge. And yeah. the number of people you interact with is probably in the tens of thousands yeah. to be recognized oh, yeah. by staff. Oh yeah. Disney. That's, that's huge. (laughs) There was, yeah, there were a lot of pass holders that we knew. Um, I don't remember their names really anymore, but like they would come in the store and you'd be like, okay, there's whatever Stanley. There was a guy named Stanley. I was really good friends with. He was a pass holder, but yeah. And if you were on the bad side, everyone knew who you were. So you got to be careful when you're a pass holder. Wow. So like word travels. Yeah, word travels, dude, especially there. Yeah, you don't you don't want to mess around. <laughs> you don't want to mess around. <laughs> That's damn. What was it? Creepy Natalie? Yeah, it was either creepy or crazy Natalie. I can't remember. That that that's crazy. That's yeah. absolutely insane. Wait, so did you ever figure out or anyone figure out why she was stalking this cast member? Was it like romantic or was she just creepy it was was romantic oh god she did it to a few few. um did it to the one that was in my department Uh, she did it 
another who was in uh, PhotoPass. And that, that's a department where, you, you know, people who take your pictures around the park. Um, she did it to one of them. And yeah. That so. is unbelievably creepy. Yeah. Very, very uh, creepy. Very much. <laughs> is that like the crazy? That, well, it, it sounds like that's the craziest thing that's ever happened that you've encountered. So aside from creepy Natalie, what um what other stories do you have about the the magical the what what do they call it the happiest place on earth? Happiest place on earth. Allegedly. 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 That's Las Vegas. Happiest place on earth. But um, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just seeing. If, was there anything else that happened that you would no. deem interesting or funny? Uh, you know. There were always rumors that the place was haunted, whether you believe it or not. Um, you know, I always perpetuated those rumors because it was fun. And then one day, it was when I was a lead, actually, I was closing up one of the stores by myself. And I remember there was like a watch cabinet. And keep in mind, I didn't really believe in any of this stuff. And there was a watch cabinet. And I went over because you have to lock it or whatever before you leave. And so I was locking it. And in the reflection, because it was see-through, you could see behind you. I swear I saw like a figure standing there and I was tripping out because there were always rumors that that store I worked at was haunted, like specifically that one. And I was like, whatever. But I saw that figure behind me and it like, like it passed and just like a flash real quick. And I like turned around and obviously there was nothing there, but I was like, nope, 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 nope. I'm done with this shit. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Ever since then, I was like, dude, this place might be haunted. So be careful. <laughs> Be careful. <laughs> um, there, I'll, I'll tell you real quick. There was um, there was an elevator behind a certain ride. I'm not going to say which ride, but there's an elevator that you're not really supposed to go into. But I would always take my trainees there. It just kind of like is a fun thing. Um, one time, there was like a basement option, and I would never go down to the basement because I was like, oh, I don't know what's down there. I don't want to trip. And two of my trainees were like, no, no, let's do it. And I was like, really? You think we should? And they like talked me into it. And I was like, okay, fine. So we got in the elevator, we pressed the basement and it was the weirdest thing ever, dude. The door opened, it was this tiny ass little room and there was like this eyeball down there. Like a, like a, I don't know how to describe it, like a huge eyeball, like a mechanical, I don't know what it came off of, the ride that this elevator was on, that eyeball, the size of it, the proportions don't fit any animatronic. And we were like, what in the, it was the weirdest thing ever and then, we tried to like go down again. I think like the next week I tried to take some more trainees and it was gone. And it was just the weirdest thing ever because it like doesn't fit with any animatronic. That was a weird ass story. <laughs> what the hell? That's yeah. creepy. It was, I don't know what it was just like, and I didn't touch it or anything. I was like, this is the weirdest thing ever. And I just, yeah, never, never saw it again. Don't know what happened to that eyeball. <laughs> oh, dang. Yeah. Emilio, now we're going to jump back to you. <laughs> Um, what were your job duties that you had to do working at the park? Mm, I, I really like, personally, I divide my career at, at Disney in like four main chapters. It was like my first couple of years when I was a new hire and then the next year when I was a trainer, then the next like three years when I was a lead. And then the last two years after I lost my lead status, where I was just a regular again. And that's kind of my like, don't give a fuck years. But basically, uh, in the first couple of years when I started, I, I, I really cared. I wanted to do a good job. A day-to-day -day life would be, you come in, you when you get your schedule for Disney, like um, different, I assume this is different from your retail um, experience or most people's retail experience because 
you don't just get a ship time. You also get a ship location. So like um, I'll get my schedule and I'll get like Sunday I'm at greetings from like 12 to 8:30, or Sunday or and then Monday I'm at um, tower from like 4:30 to 8:30, 4:30 whatever whatever the hell. So that in itself tells you what costume you need to be wearing. And this was not a rare issue where you'd show up and you get your schedule wrong, you get your time right, but you get your location wrong. And you're like oh shit I forgot to, I was working at a different location and then you have to go to costume change and now you're you're probably late each area has like a clock in location depending on just on a bunch of things so like for instance you know in the hollywood area you have off the page which is the collectible store and across the street you have that clothing store that's next to the hot dog place that like no one ever goes into so if you if you're working in hollywood you're, if you're working in one of those two locations you clock in in the in the stock room of the store next to the hot dog place so you clock in and you get what's called a check-in so whatever lead is there at the time they would give you like a rundown of what's going on in the park that day this check-in can take anywhere between like five and like ten minutes so you clock in you get your basic gist of what's going on so they have a computer tracking system deployment lead would keep track of like how many cast members are in what locations like um, for my, my main store, Buena Vista Street, big ass store at the front of the park, right? Let's say you're there, you clocked in at Buena Vista Street, you get an assignment, and depending on what's next in the queue of assignments, you would go to that room. So like the children's room, the toy room, the fat, the jewelry room, whatever room needs a person, you go there, and then you just do the same job there no matter what room it is. Just, it's just to keep track of where our people are where. Getting training to take to use that program is a six hour day. Holy shit. Yeah, it's fucking stupid. Like it's, it's just inconvenient for such a simple task. What about um, uh, as a lead? What did you What did you do as a lead? Uh, as a lead, it's a little bit stricter in terms of scheduling because when you're a lead, you generally get lead shifts. But the same thing as a trainer, it's just a it's just a new knowledge. Oh, okay. So it's not like a promotion. No, it's not. Like if I was a lead, I could have f- five shifts of the week. I could have one of them be a regular shift, and the other four days I'm a lead. And when you're a lead, you're usually only a lead in one specific complex. Like okay. each complex has its own lead team because they work with the managers, so they don't move around a lot. Like that said. You could cover as a lead in other areas if like somebody called out. It really is kind of location specific because being a lead in on Buena Vista Street is really different from being a lead in say Hollywood or in Tower or I guess Guardians now. Because in Guardians, you're dealing with a ride. You have a different flow of guests. You have a different amount of cast members, a different amount of jobs that need to get done, right? And it's a different business relation because in, when you're in Buena Vista Street, you don't really talk to attractions that much. But in Tower, you would. So it's it's a different ball game when you're being a lead in different areas. Like generally speaking, it's the same knowledge, but it's not as, you know, like when you drive someone else's car and you're getting used to it. Yeah. That's like an easier step of the way. You know, you know, the process, you know, gas is on the right, brakes on the left, you know, the steering wheel turns the same way for everybody, but stuff just doesn't feel right. That's kind of what it's like when you're working as a lead in a new area. Okay. The hard part about being a lead, honestly, was just like dealing with cast members that were like shit. Like, um, and it just, it's not even like super dramatic, which is like the shitty part. It's just like um, cast members that like, because I'm like, I've been here for fucking 20 years. Like, don't tell me how to do this. Wait, so there's people there that have actually been there for 20 years? Easily. Like, oh, shit. a lot. Like, um, there was a lady in our department who was still on the original contract. What's the original contract? If I, if I remember correctly, the certain cast member that was on like one of the original contracts was at almost $80 an hour. Because, Holy shit. Yeah, because she got a, a 50 cent raise every six months and she was there for almost 40 years. So, I mean, do you know, you got to do the math on that and no union dues or anything. Yeah, so she was making things. Holy shit. Yeah. That, that, that's crazy. Crazy, huh? Yeah, it's, it's like... $80 to work at Disney? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think she's retired now, though. But oh. Yeah, she was there when we were there, though. It was crazy. Yeah. But um, 
Yeah, that was that was mostly the hard part about being a lead or just like dealing with like shitty managers was really hard because like they would tell us that we need to um, make sure we check our emails every day and then they would be mad at us for not being on the floor. Yeah, so oh. 10 out of 10, they were shitty. Yeah. Like they were, especially in our area because we, were, we weren't leads at the same time, but we were both leads in the same area. Yeah. On Buena Vista Street. And some of those, most of those, like pretty much all those managers are pretty bad. Yeah, they, it's, it's funny. They, they seem to find the worst managers possible. And they stick them on Buena Vista Street. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Like, here, here's the thing, though. When we say they're bad, like, everyone says bad managers. But, like, the thing about Disney managers that I didn't like was that there's a team of them, and they still manage to not prioritize the cast. We're told to protect your cast member. This is what makes a lot of those Disney managers bad, is the managers say, just just let, just break policy. Just let it happen. Right? Because that's what happened with you, right? Yeah. That Remember that story I was telling you earlier about the guy who said he was going to kill me? Yes. Okay. Brought a manager out. Told her everything was going on. She just said, "Yeah, we'll we'll give you whatever you want," and then so. So he got like an extra day on his pass. He got fast passes. It's just crazy. Yeah, they'll they'll break policy, like Amelia was saying. Yeah, and it's like it just it it feels like the management does the management team doesn't have your back. They don't. They never do. You know. So so the guy that threatened to kill you got yeah. extra days. Of course. Yeah. 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 Got well, extra. I mean, I guess that's a a little life hack. For yeah. all the pass holders out there, threaten to kill somebody and you get extra days. Throw a fit. You'll, you can get whatever you want. You just have to throw a fit. Yeah, because a lot of them were pushovers and they didn't want to support your cast. They didn't want to make the big decision. Disney you know? is made for children, so when you act like a child, you'll get what you want. Yeah, like the the thing that that, that gets it is just that there's they it, it doesn't it didn't it never felt like they were supporting you. It felt like mm-hmm. the manager was supporting the company more than you. And you're trying to help the company. And then it just makes you look like a fucking idiot to the guest. Yeah. You know? And then the cast members that are around, it makes it, it makes us look stupid for the cast member because now, and then now the cast members won't respect us when we're trying to do our actual job. It's just kind of domino effect. What makes Disney manager shitty is like, yeah, the, the office politics of it all, not a lot of the shitty like policy choices and stuff, yeah. but like really what made them bad was that they would never choose to step up and be in our shoes and help out. They were not leaders. Yeah, exactly. They weren't, they didn't feel like they were, I didn't feel like I respected them because they wouldn't they they wouldn't help do the job. Me personally, people would come to me with questions or things before they would go to a manager. Yeah, and a lot of times that's because they just can't find a manager. Yeah, because the managers aren't walking around. They're not. They're staying in the office doing whatever the hell they're doing in the office, right? Mm-hmm. And when all of them are doing it, it kind of like when you're new, it seems like oh they have a lot to do in the office, right? But then after you're there for a while, you start to see other managers be out there, right? You'll see the, the one in 10, the one in, the one in 40, be out there helping. And you're wondering why can't more managers do that? They all have the same job. They all have the same responsibilities. There's no reason one manager should be able to do it while the others can't. Right. You really see who, which of them like supports the job. Like, and I'm always gonna say like one of the worst parts of working there was management, right? But I can't say that about every single manager. Um, this quickly turned into uh, Disney therapy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that's that's what it is we're 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 not necessarily exposing but we're just explaining okay. how working at disney has been for you guys yeah like it's i don't feel like i'm exposing a secret i'll be real like <laughs> I, don't, I don't i don't think people are surprised that here this would be surprised to hear it oh yeah, yeah. um they were well, fucking murderers and they had like a cult like ritual thing in the back every thursday night that might surprise some of you wow well. <laughs> <laughs> well since we we spoke about you know what you did in, in your positions and stuff you know you were not Amelia you were not part of the um 
the college program. So you applied and everything normally, I guess you could say. So when you did apply, did anyone advise you to stay away from certain positions? Like, oh, don't do this position because it's terrible. Try doing this, this, or that. No, I didn't like... I didn't really tell anyone I applied. I just, not that it was a secret. I just didn't think it was important enough. Like I told my parents when I got the interview, I told my friends I was going to interview at Disneyland. Oh, nice. And they're like, oh, that's cool. But I didn't know a lot of cast members before I got in. I know a lot now. The thing about that though is if I heard people were applying to Disney, if I were to be that person that say like, hey, stay away from this or that or whatever, I would say all departments are pretty much like, as far as I know them, there's small cultural differences. I I liken it to being sorted to a different Harry Potter house. There's like <laughs> different personalities that are attracted to each one. Both BBS. No, 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 no. Not like directly oh, okay. have a correlation, but like the difference between departments has like oh, a different culture and feel. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people in, cause I heard custodial is like, so like there's a lot of work, but it also has the most freedom because apparently when they, they clock in, they just clock in for like a land and they just go walk the land and just pick up what oh. they find. I heard, I heard parking is the chillest department because like they never have to interact with guests. They just stand out there and they point the whole time. And when there's no one coming in because they close their floor, they just fuck around with the cones all day. I thought that sounds super chill. Attraction, they don't have as much time to get service from what I've heard. They're more concerned with efficiency because they have to meet their ride quotas every 90 seconds or so. No, they're really good at it too. If you ever go and you just like, like if you go to Space Mountain, I know they have to load people in like every nine seconds. So like, from the time that the, the things pop up, you can count the nine, that train is already out in the track. Hmm. It's a well-oiled really machine. Yeah. Every department, for the most part, is a well-oiled machine, regardless of little nitpicking things and managers. Yeah. Like, they have their system and it works. And I'm yeah. like, obviously, it, they wouldn't be like as big as they are if it didn't work. Yeah, if I were to say anyone to stay away from anything, I'd, I, what I would say is don't stay in the same department for longer than six months or so. Okay. I would recommend transferring out, just not because like it's what you're doing sucks, but because learning each position at the resort is really fucking cool and interesting. Yeah, but you get too comfortable if you're there after a certain amount of time mm-hmm. and you just don't want to go. Right. Eventually, if you get to guest services, that sounds like a really cool job because you really just get the most power yeah. and you get the coolest jobs. Like um, one of the jobs you can eventually get as a guest services, the guys in plaid. No, guest relations. Sorry, not guest services. Guest relations. I had a few friends that moved to guest relations and became uh, what's known as a plaid. And what that is, it's the personal tour guide. So like celebrities would come in or rich people would come in, pay $600 an hour to give you a tour around the park. And they give you, you give them a tour, you show them, you get, you take them backstage to all the different areas. You get them in front of the line of things. Like when you see, when you saw Kobe there, he has, they always have a plaid. So if you're ever in the park and you wa- uh, see a plaid walking around with a group of guests, nine, like pretty much it's probably with a celebrity. Oh, okay. Because they want the celebrities to be able to enjoy the park, but they know if they just walked around like normal people, they would get mobbed by fans. Yeah. So they have to still cater that experience to them. So they'll take them down the disability entrances for the rides. They'll take them to get a private room for the restaurants. And the thing is, anybody can make that purchase, dude. Anybody can buy that. Like, it's not like you have to be a celebrity to get that service. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's like 600 bucks an hour. Fuck that. Yeah. We already know Davis pleaded the fifth, but Emilio, what did you do? With your uh, cast member tickets, I brought people in. I mean, like I assume you went over the like this how it works, right? I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. We know we know how it works. Like um, just yeah. Late, later on in my in my time, uh, 
I actually, this is one of my favorite uses for tickets because I worked there while I was in college, right? Mm -hmm. People give me your notes, help me with the homework. I'll fucking take you to Disneyland. There are so many things, there are so many things I didn't have to do because I was able to take people into Disneyland. You know, that is probably one of the best bargaining chips I've ever heard. I mean, like people don't even fucking think twice. Yeah. They're like, sure. Is it enough? Cause like, I'll fucking go. And I'm like, yeah, dude, like, let's, let's go. Like, yes. Like, I don't want to say like I, I had someone do an essay for me or anything like that or like a test but, <laughs> but like, if you did it doesn't matter because hey big fucking bargaining chip <laughs> um, honestly i feel like if somebody in college was to have told me hey if you do this assignment for me uh i'll take you to disneyland i would have looked at them and said okay yeah and what else like yeah, what else like, do you want me to do <laughs> yeah that, that's exactly what it was like like it was it was so easy like I got, I got, I got free meals. Like people are like, Hey, yeah, you buy me lunch. I'll take you to Disneyland. Cause like eventually, like after you're there for a while, like you don't use all 16. Mm-hmm. Like you. Oh you, wait, yeah. I did. I used like, all 16. There's a, there's a couple <laughs> like, I, I would usually get to like maybe 12 to 13 before like, and then like, I try to be sporadic with it. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cause yeah. like, and then eventually, yeah. Like you just, yeah, you, you sell them eventually, but you don't sell them to just anybody. You sell them to connections. Like people say like, Hey, can I like, like, okay. And it's not like technically selling them as much as it is like someone wants to give you like money for it. Right. Like you don't, I never asked for it. People say, Hey, if I give you this much, will you take you to Disney? And I was like, if you give me that much, I'll buy you lunch. And then I'll get, take you to Disneyland afterwards for the hell of it. And they're like, yeah, sure. Whatever, whatever you want to do. <laughs> or, um, a lot of times, like most of the time it was just for, um, like friends or cousins visiting from out of town. Okay. They just they want to go or whatever. Like sometimes, I had friends from like um, the Philippines come in and I took them, I sent them into Disneyland. The thing is though, like uh, people will hit you up for it. Like in, like, even if they want to pay, a lot of times you'll say no because like you just don't trust the person. Cause here's the thing. I know Davis said earlier that when you sign somebody in, they get a ticket pop out. But the thing is that, and I'm pretty sure you said this too. Yeah, I do. The ticket has your name on it. Yeah. Okay. The ticket right. has your name on it. So like, let's say you sign somebody in, right. And this fuck up puts their feet up in a ride. Okay. Massive safety breach. Ryan has to get shut down for a little bit and they're going to go to that person and ask for their ticket. Okay. Then that ticket doesn't have their name. It has Davis's or your name on it. And when that ticket has your name on it, you're, you're responsible for anyone you bring it. Ah, shit. So if you sign someone in and that person steals something from a store or does some stupid shit like that, that's your fault because they didn't pay to get in. It's not on them. It's on you because you brought them in. So the, the official rule is that you need to stay with your people at all times. Okay. It's a really hard rule to enforce, especially since like another part of that rule is that you're allowed to sign people in on shift. You just tell your lead and you just go out there, sign them in in costume and go back to your job. So the official rule is that people have to stay with you or you have to stay with people when they're in the park. Mm-hmm. That rule is about as followed as don't run in laser tag. Because <laughs> Is that a rule in laser tag? That's one of the rules. No foul language, no running. Like I, I've never fucking heard of someone following those rules. But um, I didn't even know those rules existed. But I mean, here we are. So what you'll do is you'll tell people like, hey, the rule is I have to be with you the whole time. And like it hurts your feelings, but they say, oh, I think I'm good. Because <laughs> they, they don't, they don't want to hang out with you the whole time. <laughs> no, I think it's because like from an outsider's point of view, you guys signing us in is you just giving us a ticket yeah, and letting us run wild in the park. What we don't understand and what I didn't know until you guys told me now is that these tickets have your names on them and that you guys are responsible for everything we do, <clears throat> you know, especially if it's something bad like stealing or I, I didn't even realize you could put your feet up in a ride. Like, well, it's like the, 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 
the story I have is that it was on Matterhorn. This guy put his feet up. Cause you know, you're like in a bobsled, so it's not difficult to. Oh yeah. But like in Space Mountain, like I don't know how you would fucking do that. But like in Matterhorn, like you just prop your legs on the sides, like you're out. What do they stop the ride or do they wait until you get to the end? Happened to you. They were still like loading. So. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But if, if he had done it in the middle of the ride, they, that ride would have stopped. Oh shit. That that like a lot of people don't know this, but like the rides are like in control all the time. You're not like loose on the track. Oh no, yeah. If they wanted to stop the roller coaster in the middle, they could stop the roller coaster in the middle. You'll get a little bit of that whiplash, but nothing terrible. That's like the only time. Yeah, that's like the only time. It's like the only time you're like free falling or free yeah. going. But yeah. Since you were talking about putting your legs up in a ride, do you have any crazy stories that have happened at Disney? Personally? Yeah. Uh, personally or stuff you've heard? All my good stuff's at Tower. I spent a lot of time at Tower. So um, there was one time where it was uh, before grad night. So the day guests were still in with the grad night guests because they do the, they, they like had two hours where they're mixed together before the it's wristbands only for the grad night kids. But this kid was, um, you know, when you're in line for tower, there's like the upstairs part and the downstairs part when you're waiting for your elevator, right? I am not really good on roller coasters, so I've never been on tower. Okay, so you go in the way it is, you, you go in line, you go watch a little movie, right? And then after the movie, the way you're, it's queued up, is you're either going to go in the downstairs part down here, or you'll take stairs that'll take you to the upstairs part here, right? Okay. Because the way the ride is, is there's six elevators here, 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 right? And those are the three. Ele- no one will be able to see this. It's audio. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was about to say that. Like you're you're making all these here, here, here. Like I I'm the only one there's that can see that. There's a downstairs load. Okay. There's an upstairs where people get in. There's a downstairs where people go in. People like there's somebody that I was working in the store. And we're used to getting like a large group of people leaving at one time because like the rides end in, a, in intervals, you know, we'll get a huge burst of people come out, they'll look at the picture, they'll click it, they'll look in the store, they'll leave, right? We had this large group come out of, it was at least four times what we're used to for this interval, okay? Huge amount of people just pushing out through the store, all right? And one of these kids comes up to me, he must have been like 18, 17, 18 years old, right? Well, I guess it's a grad night, you're 17 or 18 anyway. Yeah. All right. And he was like, dude, so they evacuated the ride. And like, I don't know this guy. Like, I don't know why you're calling me, dude. Like, I don't know you. And I was like, they're evacuating the ride. He's like, yeah, like someone from my school just like fell. And I'm like, first of all, how the fuck you fall on the ride? Like you're strapped in. It's a chair, right? Holy shit. But apparently he was sitting on the, on the, on the railing of the second, on the second floor, right? Like in the, in, when you're in line. Uh-huh. And he tipped back and he fell to the first floor. Oh, shit. Yeah, so they had to call paramedics in and everything. So that's why the ride was evacuated. So the, the people that were on the ride at that moment were emptied out. The people that were in line were all emptied out. Everyone was evacuated, right? They told them, like, tough luck, fucking come back later, right? Because they can't give a fast pass to, like, fucking 300 people. That just defeats the purpose of the fast pass. Right. You just got to throw a fit and you'll get a fast pass. Yeah. <laughs> if you throw a fit, you might get one. You might get one back. But basically what had happened was it was – like, first of all, us cast members, we were, like, scared as, like, as employees of the company. Like, oh, fuck, is our company going to be in trouble now because this shit happened, right? Because somebody Pretty sure people get hurt at Disney all the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. They, they were. But um, it would be shitty if we had to, like, because usually when something like that, like that happens, Disney does a refurbishment of whatever, wherever the incident took place, so it can't happen again. Like, um, uh. the trams have doors now. They didn't always have doors. Somebody, some stupid kid fell out, so now they have doors. Um, but what had happened was at that time in tower was, it was scary for the kid. He did not want medical help at all. Right. He didn't want, he was like, he was in fucking pain. Like I didn't see him. I saw him, I saw him carry around the stretcher, but he was like, no, nobody like 
don't, I'm fine, I'm fine, right? Because he was drinking. Ah. Uh, <laughs> so. Nice. Say that again. It's always like that. Grad nights are, I mean. Grad nights are fucking madhouses. They're, they're great. <laughs> and and th- this is the thing about grad nights is that like, I, I only, I never had to work like a full grad night, which is like a blessing on my part. I always hear it's the, it's always the poorest like schools that are like fucking d- delinquents and the richest schools. Because the rich kids think they can get away with anything. They have no regard for the rules. Like, like we had more shrink triggers when people steal shit when the rich, like Beverly Hills schools came for their grad nights than the poor, the poor kids. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. There was this kid that came up to me and they were, they were trying to prop this one guy up and his eyes were like rolling in the back of his head. He took too much Molly, whatever. And they were like, yeah, um, he needs to get out of here. I, Cause you're not supposed to leave grad night yeah because you're there from like 11 p.m to like 5 a.m or whatever yeah. it is and so you're not supposed to leave and they're like we have to leave he drank too much coffee i was like fuck you dude because <laughs> because espresso and frappuccinos make your eyes roll back but yeah uh my other favorite story is um so you know the cars line right uh racers yes so you know the store where you buy your picture for that ride yeah yeah so like no one fucking buys their picture like i one of my goals every single day at that park working there was to sell less product than I was getting paid for that day. So if I was working an eight hour day at $11 an hour, if I rang up less than $88 worth of merchandise, that means a company lost money on me. And that was my goal every single day. I can't believe I didn't think of something like that. So I would always try to like make less than that amount in sales. Because if I sold like three hoodies, that's 150 bucks. They already doubled up on the cost of me having it. Damn. Right? So I always wanted to get less than that. And it was was a very difficult goal to obtain because obviously the shit's expensive as hell. Right. Right. It only takes like, like you could easily get like a $300 transaction. And like that does, that doesn't even stick out. Doesn't even stick out. Yeah. Right. But in RSN, where you buy the picture for racers, that was where it was. If it was going to happen at any time, it would happen in that store. And one time it did happen in that store. And I was really happy about it because, but anyway, the story is that ride breaks down the most out of any of the rides that have stores attached to them. Okay. Yeah. Racers breaks down the most. It broke down a lot in its first summer opening because the tires were melting to the, to the track. Damn. The summer heat. Somebody skipped on the kind of rubber they would use on the tires. I don't know why they're using tires at fucking all. Yeah. Like, that just seems like an extra expense. But, like, you know, that's not my bill. Anyway, one time it closed down, and it was down for at least an hour. Normally when it's down, it's down for, like, maybe 30 minutes. So we get an extra break in the middle. But it's down for, it was down for, like, over an hour. And this is what happened. A kid had, like, at the end of the ride, when you're, like, waiting to exit, right, all the cars are queued up, a kid hopped out of his car and ran on the track. So, like, from what I heard, I didn't see Seriously? him. Yeah, he was, like, maybe six or seven years old. So he's not, like, a... He's what not like the a, fuck? He's a, he's a kid. He knows how to run, right? So they fucking hard stop that whole ride. They call it an e-stop, emergency stop, for when that happens. Hard stop that whole ride, and they had to fucking get someone out there to go pick up the fucking kid. Where were the parents? They were in the car. They couldn't get out. Because <laughs> the, the buckle is. But the kid was, like, small enough to, like, squeeze you out of the buckle. So we got, like, a free, like, double lunch for that kid, like, getting out of there. But um, that was one of the, the last crazy thing, and I, I think I started off with a big one, is in Tower, uh, One of, this doesn't happen a lot, but it happened, like, maybe once every, like, six months or so. So, like, every so often. Is that, you know the, how the ride works. It's a big old elevator shaft, and you fall. It just drops you. It, it actually pulls down. So it, the ride is falling faster than gravity can pull you down, which is why you feel that lift off your seat, uh-huh. right? Some idiots managed to get out of their seatbelt 
when that ride starts, which means there's nothing to hold you down. So when the ride pulls down and you're floating, you can float up to the ceiling like super easy yeah. and then come back and hit the ground. So like I had a picture one time of a kid like two feet off his chair. <laughs> of course, I have to drop that shit because now people, if anyone else sees it, they're going to think, oh, I can do that. Yeah. But like when kids do that kind of stupid shit, they would get, they get in trouble. They get either sent to Disney jail or like pulled out of the park or like. Oh, so Disney jail is a thing. It's not a thing every day. It's a thing for when grad nights. Yeah. Mostly grad nights. But like, um, no, I can't think of any other scenario where we, they'd have, they'd have to do the Disney jail thing. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, if you know what, they had a lot of undercover people during grad night who would ask for drugs. And if you tried to sell them drugs, you're a kid during grad night, you're going to Disney jail. Um, if you had alcohol, if they saw you having alcohol, they put you in Disney jail. You yeah. Know, shit like that. What's really funny is the summer I hired in, there was another coworker of mine. Uh, she hired in, she was 17. So she had her grad night there. And she was also really? like, yeah, nice. <laughs> she also had to like work. It was like, it was, it was really ironic. Wait, so she worked on her own grad night? No, she had to trade the shift out. Oh, okay. But like, <laughs> It could have happened, potentially. <laughs> that would have been interesting. Yeah. I remember um, in high school, our, our grad night was always Disney. We had always, we'd always went to Disney uh, for as long as I remember. However, my junior year, we were banned from Disney. What happened? Uh, well, someone, someone died. It, no, some, no. Oh, someone brought in alcohol or someone died. Well, from what I was told, again, this is all speculation because I, I, I'm not certain. Yeah, so what happened was, from what I heard about the uh, why we got banned, we snuck in weed. And by we, I mean the class of... Yeah. Yeah. The class snuck in weed, they snuck in ecstasy, they yeah. snuck in alcohol, and then one of the kids lit Mickey on fire. Even better, dude. Are you serious? That's Bortles! Like That's, like <laughs> That's great, dude. That, it, it, it was so funny because the day, the day that, well, when they came back from Disney, I was, when they come back from Disney, I'm showing up to school because you, like you said, it goes till late, late in the morning or early morning, like 5 a.m. or whatnot. Yeah. Um, when they were getting out of the bus, everyone looked downright depressed. And I thought it's maybe because they're super tired. It's like six in the morning or whatnot. Uh, they're, they're just tired. When my senior year rolled around, they were like, yeah, so we can't go to Disney. So we're going to Six Flags. It's like, oh, well, great. Guess I'm not going to grad night. <laughs> Well, to wrap this up, uh, just like a quick little lightning round. Um, have you guys heard of any of like the conspiracies or, uh, well, yeah, basically conspiracies behind the Walt Disney Parks, uh, be it Orlando or no basis. Anaheim? Yeah, I'm sure no, I've heard no, of ba- all. no basis for anything. I've, I've heard a lot of really random shit like Walt's frozen in the park, Walt's buried Walt's there. Walt's head's frozen. Yeah, like something like He I, lives in Haunted Mansion. I've heard, his wife lives in Haunted Mansion or some shit. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's no basis for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So if there was, they don't share it with us. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm just going to read it the ones that are like for your local park. Um, one of them says uh, Walt Disney still haunts the firehouse apartment on Main Street. Oh, at yeah. Disneyland. Oh, I don't know where that comes from. Um, they turn on the light sometimes. Okay. Uh, doesn't that light stay uh, like mean that if it's on, he he was there working, imaginating something or whatever? Yeah, because like he has his his um his office was on Main Street over the fire department, and his apartment was in New Orleans Square. 
Well, no, no, his apartment was in the firehouse. I went in there. That's the office. The, 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 his apartment where he slept has this, like, it's got that whole thing where pirates is. Those stairs go up to that's, that's the um, That's the dream suite. His actual apartment, I swear, I've, oh. I've been to it. It is, okay. It's above the sure. it's above the firehouse. I During the college program, we got to go in. And it's, you walk in, it's like the smallest apartment ever. It's like two twin beds. You turn to Wait, so him right. and his wife didn't sleep on the same bed? No, because there's not enough room for a big bed. Oh. And so they like were, they were like couches. They were okay. like beds, but also turned into couches that were like on the walls. And there was like a tiny ass little kitchen. And there was like a tiny ass little um, bathroom. And then there's yeah. like a, But it's on a good lot. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. it's in the middle of Disneyland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. What about, what about this one here? Um, I don't know if they do this at the, um, the Haunted Mansion or um, Guardians now, but uh, people trying to dump lo- um, ashes of their loved ones on Disney property. Have you guys ever uh, witnessed anything like that? Try. That's people a try. Thing. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that, that happens. And Haunted Mansion, not Guardians. Uh, Tower turned to Guardians. Haunted Mansion still a thing. Um, yeah, people try that. But I mean, like it gets vacuumed up every night. So it doesn't, yeah, so it doesn't, doesn't mean matter. it doesn't matter. Oh God. But basically right now if you if you go to the park when it reopens of course um if you see any ashes anywhere just leave them be they might be human they shouldn't they shouldn't even be there anymore like if like if anything they're only gonna be there for a day because they'll get cleaned up like a lot of people don't realize this but like the park is never empty like even after closing there are people cleaning it up until it opens again damn so like it's there's, the power there's, never not, goes off. there's never there's never really an opportunity yeah to mm-hmm. do that um yeah, at the Disneyland Park, a teen drowned trying to swim from Tom Sawyer Island back to the main Disneyland Park. Uh, um, I heard what happened was that they were there for a grad night in like the 70s and they were on the island and that's what happened. Because The story I heard is that they, they went in the daytime as regular guests and they hid alcohol on Tom Sawyer's Island. Ah. Yeah, and... The water is only like five or six foot deep, so yeah. If if that, yeah, those those motherfuckers are. If yeah. you if you drown in like a five foot wading pool, like come on. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, alcohol could have had a play. Yeah. It's yeah more like, than likely that he was drunk as shit. Yeah. But like, yeah, we've heard that story. All right. Um. What about someone hanging themselves in oh. "It's a Small World"? Yeah, there's apparently like footage of it. Um. Yeah. That's. Damn. A thing. That's a thing. Uh, I've, I've never, I haven't heard of that oh, one. Oh, you haven't? No. I've heard multiple different versions of that. Um, but, yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, and now, with the last one, and I, I know this is kind of iffy, um, Walt Disney was suspected of using Club 33 for Freemason yeah. Illuminati meetings. Yes. I don't know how much I believe that, but... If it was, then that's where he would do it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, I don't know where else. Well, Club Thirty Three is a real thing at Disneyland. It's not even like a secret. Like, you can, you can, you can look up a membership like right now if you wanted to. Oh no, yeah, but like, isn't like the waiting list like enormous, and you have to pay like so many thousands? Yeah, it's like ten thousand dollars. I don't like, think there's a wait year. List, though. Yeah, like it's like at least not now because they did ease up the application like a few years ago when I was still there. Did either of you get to go inside Club Thirty Three? No, but I have a friend. Yeah. I had friends from college that um, that worked it because yeah. like, they started in Foods and then they went to Blue Bayou for fine dining and then they promoted from Blue Bayou to Club Thirty Three. 
Yeah, I knew someone with a roommate, and she worked there, and she was telling me all the celebrities she met. Like, just she was like, I don't even I don't remember what she was up there, like a waitress or something. But yeah, crazy stories. So like, once you get promoted into Club Thirty Three, you basically made it. I mean, uh, like, you, you don't get to have a membership to it. You just get to yeah, be a waiter there. It's just one way of looking at it. I mean, people could say you make your manager, or if you get to guest relations, you get to Club 33. Yeah. So there's different avenues. I met members of it working there, like, as guests when they're in the park and they're just, like, buying something from the store. And I asked them what it's like, and they say, like, it's cool, but, I mean, like, it's because they're already fucking millionaires. Like, it's not yeah. – they say it's like some kind of like secret club, but it's really just another restaurant that you like. It's it's a status thing. Yeah, and most of them are super chill about it. No one's pretentious. Well, not no one, but like most people aren't most pretentious. People. Yeah, and they're just like, yeah, it's cool. Like I like, like it's it's cool to go to. I mean, like if he didn't have the money for it, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. He wouldn't even stress about it. Like, right? <laughs> I'm not going. But okay. well, uh, guys, thank you for uh, having this conversation with me about the deep dark mysteries of disney <laughs> um yeah thank you yeah I'm... no problem guys thank you guys for stopping by yeah. all right man we'll see you later do you have like an do we do an outro or you just no we just say goodbye and then i was gonna i'll do the outro later all right man cool cool see you ryan see you viewers and that concludes it for today's episode thank you for tuning in to the open couch where there's always a spot for you now stay safe out there people wash your hands and we'll see you pretty soon.